This is College Dame Day, a podcast for college football fans, hosted by three sisters who recap last week's games, talk about upcoming matchups, and find some time to trash talk the teams they don't like. Let's join Megan, Amy, and Laura as they break the huddle and kick off this week's episode. Welcome everybody to week three of College Dame Day Season 2. Uh, big news this week, we finally have the confirmed Big Ten schedule. So um, we got the news obviously last week that the Big Ten was back, and then we were just waiting to get kind of the matchup. So sounds like it's going to be eight games with then the Big Ten championship game um, starting either October 23rd or 24th. So um, sounds like most of them are Saturday, but there's possibility of some getting moved to Friday especially kind of over the Thanksgiving time period. But I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, the uh, Nebraska schedule that we got going? Well, there's no question that they were punishing us for being the squeaky wheel. But I will have to say every, like, fan comment or, like, people on Twitter or, like, posts, I've seen, like, Everyone's saying the same thing. It's like, if you're any kind of competitor, you'll rise to the occasion. Like, you have to beat the best to be the best. Um, like, I've, I, and then I feel like I saw some people like making fun of us, like, oh, I bet Nebraska wishes that they like um, hadn't been so noisy, but like, we got what we wanted. We're playing. So I'm completely fine with it. Um, I do think they were trying to punish us, but now we can just upset some people. Yes, I agree. Um, most important thing, like you said, is that we are playing this fall. And so I just want to take the same perspective as our um, beloved adoptive coach, Ed Ogeron. Anytime, anywhere, anybody, we ready to play. So bring right. it on. I don't care. That's right. Yeah, I know a lot of um, – we were watching both like Fox Sports um, game day and then also – college game day um and yeah there was a few jokes of like well guess nebraska got what they wanted maybe they bit off too much but like you said we're ready to show up and play anyone i think kind of the problem that some of us had is that we by far have the hardest schedule i mean they went through and they kind of made fun of us but then they're like okay actually you know what michigan and nebraska by far have the hardest lineup and kind of going through our schedule it was going to be tough this year anyway so i kind of get it but when you take over some of our crossover games like rutgers it's like, mm, how did that one get taken off the schedule? But both Penn State got left on, you know what I mean? So I yeah. think that was frustrating. And our but, first one is Ohio State. Like, that was... Right. Yeah, but I was just thinking about that. You know, in the past couple of years, we've started off with some really soft, easy teams. And that really wasn't working so well for us. So well, maybe it would be better to just jump in and, like, you know, take the plunge. And that's what I'm thinking. We have... Like, your first game, you get, like, way more time to prepare for than your other games. So we have, right, you have a whole month. You know, over a month to study them. And, like, I kind of like that we're playing them first because I feel like we're more of a wild card than them. Like, we know Justin Fields. We know, like, the offense, which obviously there's going to be some changes and some differences because it's a new season. But, like, I feel like we're more of a wild card where it benefits us more because like we kind of still know what to expect whereas they kind of like it's it's more of a wild card for them to not see us prepare and not know what we're like I, I just feel like we have the advantage there well we also have the advantage too of like there's no expectation for us I mean the pressure really is on them um 
because I'm assuming most people expect us to lose. So that's sometimes nice, like you said, to not have that target on your back. It's still going to be a really tough game, um, obviously. But you know what? Like I said, at the end of the day, we're happy. We still get football, and we're, we're competitors. So like you said, you have to beat the best to be the best. And we're willing to do that. So people that are like, oh, don't they, you know, wish that they got an easier schedule? It's like, no, not really, because we're going to compete. So it's just kind of frustrating. Yeah, who is saying that exactly anyway? Um, Someone was like, someone was mocking us. Um, Let me see if I can find it. I know. No, no, no. I don't mean like. kind of mention it. Yeah, no, I don't mean. No, I know that the media in general is mocking us. And who is whining? Because I haven't. Oh, really hard. I, like, I think the only thing you could take was the statement that Bill Moose said. When okay, that's said what I was that wondering. He, that's got to be it because he said something like um, none of his suggestions were taken in the meeting or whatever. And, like, I don't even think he was necessarily complaining about the strength of schedule. It was just, like, every idea he had was, like, shot down as to, like, the timing of the games and stuff. And so I think he was just frustrated that, like, he knows we're being punished. Everyone knows, like... Yeah, okay. There's no way that like that could have been accidental that we have the toughest schedule in the Big Ten by far. There's no way that happens. Yeah. Accidentally. Okay. But um I think that they have to have been taking his comments because yeah, nobody else is complaining. Everyone else is saying, you know, even like our um was it our running backs coach? Like everyone's saying, Well, we right. have our schedule now, time to get ready for the game. So, right, like, but, like, none of the athletes, you know, that I'm seeing are saying anything right. like that, and you know that's not coming from the leadership. I mean, that's just not the culture of our team. And so, I mean, I'm sure that there are some fans that are complaining. I mean, just like any fan base that is passionate about their team, you know, would feel slighted, like, in a protective sort of way <laughs> of their team. But I, I don't know where they're – getting all of this Nebraska better yeah, stop like, whining because yeah. I'm like, who's whining? I mean, we're ready for it. We're happy we're playing. So bring it right. on. Right. And I think to just read the article of Bill Moses comments, even at the end, he was like, but we're going to like put on our chin strap and we're going to go play. And to me, I'm like, you can't expect Nebraska to be a doormat. Like you can't do this and expect us to not to like speak out and be like, Hey, we're not stupid. We know you try to make this the hardest schedule. So people saying that that's us whining, it's just saying, like, no, we're not a doormat. We're going to address when we see what's happening. But you know what? Didn't even, and Bill even said that. But I'm not going to be a complainer. We're going to go out there and compete. So I kind of like it because, like I said, we're not going to roll over. Big Ten came out and said we're not playing. We fought it. This schedule came out. We addressed the obvious issue in the room. So, no, I don't accept that either, that we're complaining. It's just, like, we're mentioning what's obvious, but we're going to show up and play. So it's that's kind of annoying for sure. I know. They had mentioned that in Nebraska and then Michigan, I think, was the other one with the hardest schedule. What did you guys hear? I mean, I looked over the schedule, and I would agree with that. Um, I think this is part of what conferences do, though. I mean, I'm sure that some of it was personal towards Nebraska, but I think um, in general, like if you look at the SEC, when really strong conferences like the Big Ten and the SEC, which I would consider to be the two hardest conferences to play in, um, when they go to a conference-only schedule, that your strength of schedule really increases. And so what you see is them protecting their top teams. Um, they want to give you know the teams that they think have the best shot at making a college playoff, they want to give them the easiest road possible. And so when you look at like Florida's schedule is ridiculously easy. 
Um, and then you look at like Arkansas, who their two crossover games were Florida and Georgia. They want to give Florida and Georgia a really easy path, you know, to an unbeaten season, hopefully. I think that's what you see in the Big Ten, too. You see, like, Ohio State was really protected. Like, they gave them their crossover games are Nebraska and, like, Illinois, I think. Um, And I just, you know, I think the same thing with some of the other teams that I was looking through. And I was like, you know, Indiana actually has a tougher schedule just because I think – they're an easier team to beat and they want to, you know, give some of the better teams a chance to play Indiana, um, you know, just because it's like an easy win for them. Here's the thing though. Like when you get into like, and this is the like point that some other people are trying to make, they're like, you can't make Ohio state's um, like schedule as hard as Nebraska's because when you are the top team and you can't play yourself, that automatically like takes some of the weight away. And I'm like, I understand that. Like when you are the top team, you you can't have as hard of a schedule as like a lesser team because everyone you playing when you're a lesser team is better than you and it's like obviously harder than so I, I do understand that point that they're trying to say they're like Ohio State couldn't have had but I'm like okay when you have like Rutgers and Maryland which I understand they're in the same like division as them or whatever but I'm just like that it is beyond them being the top and like that's right. the only reason that's that what I'm the saying. Out. Like there is like, yes, they could have like, had them so play Wisconsin or they could have had them play Iowa right. at their crossover games because those two teams are both considered you know to be much better than Nebraska and Illinois for crying out loud. But, but that's there are that's, that's their argument for saying right. But I'm saying it's it's obvious what's happening and the, ha- the same thing happened in the SEC where you have like Missouri. Their two crossover games were like Alabama and like LSU or something. Is it fair? No, but I I kind of understand the mentality behind it. It's they want to get a team into the playoff. Um, so I don't know. Well, it'll just be easier when we go nine and zero that they'll put us in the playoffs and there'll be no discussion about it. So right. I do yeah. wonder though. Do you think the Big Ten will be punished by not getting a team into the playoff because they'll only have eight games? Okay. Well, actually, we're having nine because even the, nine teams, the tournament game, because everyone's playing that ninth game no matter what. But um, I, because I, I've heard some people say that they're trying to like punish us or keep us out, which I get it. If you you don't want Ohio State up there, you don't want some of the like big competitors up there. But they really can't because like everybody started like the SEC started how many weeks behind um everybody like you can't really take us out just because of that like. So if we win out, if, if anybody wins out in the Big Ten, they've got a spot. Like, they can't do that. I agree. I think, especially since Ohio State has a pretty good chance of winning all out, I don't think, and I think there would be a major asterisk by whoever won if they didn't let the Big Ten into the playoff to compete. If this was like a, you know, not, not a Power 5 school and maybe like a UCF and they really were super good, yeah, I'd be a little bit more concerned about getting into the playoffs, but they're if Ohio State wins outright, they, there's no way that the committee cannot put them in. So I I don't think that there's a concern there. I I think what's going to be interesting is kind of seeing – I'm more interested on the in the, the Big Ten East because obviously you have Ohio State and Penn State, which I think are going to be the two competitors. I think Ohio State's going to be there. In the West, Wisconsin has the easiest schedule, and I think they're primed to win out there. So it'll kind of be interesting to see – what happens, but yeah, Wisconsin by far has the easiest schedule in the West, and I think they're going to have a pretty clear path to the championship game. 
what did you guys hear? Um, so obviously right when the schedule came out, they met with like a lot of coaches, um, pick your media and they met with like players. There's a lot of talk of like some Ohio state guys trying to come back. But did you notice that Nebraska was like never interviewed on any of them? And we were never thanked on any of them. Like on uh, Fox sports, they called in like, uh, they had Penn state's head coach on, they had um, Ohio State's. They had, and they were like, "Thank you so much for all the work that you did for pushing for it." And we know you guys brought the season back. And Nebraska was like never mentioned or interviewed. I just am like, "Are you really?" <laughs> I just think it's like when you know you've done the wrong thing, and that person who was like telling you it was the wrong thing, it's like that's the last person you want to talk to. So they're like, "Yeah, we know you're right, and we don't want to admit it." So I think and that's, that's what it's like. That's what Urban Meyer is like. That's why he's defending Scott Frost and like everybody because like he sees what's happening and like I really never thought I would be like thanking Urban Meyer for anything or like aligning myself with Ohio State. Strange universe we're in. I know. It's like hashtag twenty twenty stuff going on, but like I I because it's like he's not naming names, but you know he's talking to Desmond and he you know he's talking to those media guys when he's saying you've never been a coach, you don't know how it is, you have to go to bat for your players like Scott Frost completely did the right thing and I applaud him and it's like I just want to like see Desmond's face when he reads that like tweet and uh. yeah yeah but anyway so here here's our schedule and then let's get some um projections on our record so we open up against Ohio State um at Ohio State we get Wisconsin at home which is kind of a plus if I'm trying to be optimistic we're then at Northwestern Penn State we're at home Illinois, we're at home. We play at Iowa over Thanksgiving. Then we're at Purdue, and we round out the regular, I'm going to put quotes on that, regular season at Minnesota. So looking at that lineup, what are you guys' projections on record? Nine and no. Okay. (laughs) We're going to the championship, and we're getting in there, too. Okay. I'm going to say of really very realistic five and three um i think the obvious games that we would drop you know that my first inclination would be ohio state um wisconsin penn state i think we can actually beat wisconsin so if we don't drop that game i think you know maybe iowa that's always a tough game um but i think i think five and three i feel really comfortable with that i think that's very realistic Okay. Well, man, I feel like the pessimist in the room. I, I have us going four and four. Um, so say 50, so 500. So, um, I think just because we have such a, a young squad, um, we're still trying to get people into roles. I think that's going to affect us a little bit, but I don't expect it to be, I'm hoping to at least see positive changes, you know, less penalties. We know how to run a bubble screen. Um, <laughs> We like I, 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 we have a line. We can make a field goal. Well, asterisk. Um, yes. I'm trying to look for incremental improvement, and I still think four and four would reflect that. So, mm-hmm. so maybe that sounds pessimistic, but that's kind of my projection for the record. We'll, we'll see how four that goes. Four would put us bowl eligible. No, I mean, I mean, I can see us maybe dropping the first one, but then we could possibly meet Ohio State again in the Big Ten championship um, if we, you know. I don't know. I just, I think we can win some of these unexpected games that no one else is giving us a shot at. Like, yeah, Ohio State's going to be tough, but like Wisconsin, Northwestern, even Penn State and Iowa, 
none of those are like a gimme like for them like I feel like Ohio State's gonna be tough or whatever I don't think any of those are like a solid in their camp like I think we can't upset any of them you know like Mm -hmm. I honestly feel like more worried if we do like get a big win than getting upset by like a Purdue or like an Illinois like just Mm -hmm. I don't know you know dropping the because that seems to be where we we like rise to the big games we play well and then like you know Northwestern Mm -hmm. I don't know yeah well I feel better about the Minnesota game this year I'm a little bit more optimistic just because I I mean first of all they have lost some players and there you know there's still some a little bit of ambiguity over who all is able to come back at this point um and I, I just feel like they didn't want to play, like, from the get-go. Like, they didn't want to play this season. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> we do. So, I don't know. It just gives me an optimistic feeling about that game. I think we can really compete with them this year after the disaster of last year. Yeah. I think it's going to depend. The big the big question mark is Rashad Bateman, if he gets to come back or not. Because he is trying to opt back in. Mm-hmm. But the problem with him is that he hasn't been on campus all season. So a lot of the guys that, like, have, have been at school attending just opting out of football, their eligibility is a little bit more clear because they've been attending classes. So they've kind of maintained that eligibility. He's been gone. And mm-hmm. so he has a lot more of a question mark by his name. Yeah. I, I don't know. Either way, I still don't think Minnesota is going to be that good. I have said it last year. I just don't think P.J. Fleck is actually a good coach. I think he's totally a camera guy. So I'm – I'm not too worried about Minnesota, um, and I think we can definitely pick up a Purdue and Northwestern. So, did you guys see that thing that we're holding a spot open for Avante Dickerson because he wants to be closer to home, and PJ Flex stopped contacting him? Um, some like 247 Huster articles source on that, so we might be getting one of their commits. Oh, good. Yeah. So they're going more downhill. Let's transition to our football on fleek segment. So, Amy. Why don't you get us started? What's what's this week's uh, topic? Okay, we're picking non-Power 5 teams that uh, we just want to see do well this year. Um, so I'm going to go with Army just because they're undefeated so far. <laughs> and they're just like, I don't know, classic America. They're fighting for us. So I'm picking them because I've never had any issues with them. And so it's not hard to cheer for them. Okay. They do run the triple option well, so I yeah, think they are fun to watch. Yeah. 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 And they and are really they, good. They can, they can, like, play, I don't know, they can just, like, every once in a while have, like, a big upset or a, a, a close, almost upset, you know, like, they can just surprise you sometimes, so they're okay. fun. Okay. Yeah, we're definitely hoping that they win this week. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but yes, I, I do enjoy Army. I've watched a couple of their games now. Um my pick, not surprisingly enough, I'm going to go with Marshall, just because obviously the feel-good story from yeah, one say a feel-good story. Grant but, yes, and then also I, uh, the boy Grant Wells. Um, just they had, they were a Conference USA school, um, and I've said this before, I don't typically like watch these type of schools, but again, since they started before kind of the rest of the time, I was like, hey, I'll watch them. So, um, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Marshall. I'll kind of track them in the background. I'll look up his stats throughout the season, see how he's doing, but they are my non-Power 5 underdog team. Megan, I have a feeling I know why you picked yours, but what's your pick? Okay, well, I'm going to go in, like, the complete opposite direction of Amy because that team I'm picking has not won a game yet. <laughs> they're only playing four games, I believe. Um, they're just basically 
they're not even an FBS team. It's an FCS team. Um, but you said non-Power 5, so that does they do qualify for that. Um, I picked the Campbell Camels for two Say reasons. Say that five times fast. Campbell Camel. I mm-hmm. picked them for two reasons. The first reason is they're we camels. talked about this before because they're camels. I am so tired of reused mascots. Like, not everyone needs to be a tiger or a bulldog. It's like or an eagle. Or an eagle, yes. Or a, a panther or a wildcat. It's like there are a lot of animals out there. You can there. be a camel. There's a lot and of diversity. There's, there's even variety among camels. How many humps does their mascot have? I think it's this a dromedary. Yes, just one hump. Um, but so that's <laughs> reason number one <laughs> is that you know that video that Megan sent us with the <laughs> Titanic music and the camels struggling. They can stand up. <laughs> Every <laughs> time someone has a camel, I think about that. And oh my gosh, that was the best okay. video ever. So anyway, so yes, I was watching them play last week. They played Coastal Carolina, and they did lose. But I did not realize until I watched that game that their coach is actually Mike Minter, mm-hmm. who was part of the 94-95 national championship team at Nebraska. So he played for Tom Osborne, and then he actually played with the Carolina Panthers for a while, um, but now he's coaching at Campbell University. And so they are my underdog team that I'm going to cheer for. Um, and like I said, I think they have like two more games. Um, yeah, they're playing App State and then they're playing Wake. So it's not a big commitment. So it's not a big commitment. I don't have to follow. I'm basically going to cheer for them until Nebraska starts playing. And there then you I'll go. They'll, all of my carry you, they'll carry that's you right. up to us. And then... Exactly. So yeah. So that's my choice. Nice. He was a safety for us, wasn't he? I remember him like getting like leading the nation in interceptions or something at one point. Yeah, yeah he was a safety. All right. Well, kind of talking about my pick a little bit more. I do have to follow up on my hot take from week one. So um, Grant Wells obviously had a very stellar first game and maybe not quite a stellar game, but he did get a win against Appalachian State. So. I'm going to give him, like, a maybe still. He went 11 for 25, got 165 yards. He did have one interception with zero passing touchdowns, but he did rush for one touchdown. Um, And then he's going to face Western Kentucky in a couple weeks on October 10th. So I'm going to say the decision is still out on him. I'm, I'm still not completely sold, but I'm at least intrigued to continue to watch. So I don't know. It was a pretty good game. Did you guys watch that, um, the highlights or watch the game at all? Yeah, I saw little bits and pieces of the game. I didn't watch the whole thing, um, but Appalachian State was favored, and so mm-hmm. it's impressive that Marshall got the upset, um, yeah. and I think they'll do really well against Western Kentucky because I don't think that they're a, an especially tough team, so I think they could totally win next week when they play them. All right. Well, I think they're playing them in a couple of weeks, but yes, I, I agree. Oh, yeah, so I hopefully, okay. between my hot take and my non-power um, underdog team, hopefully we can we can keep the the winds rolling. Megan though, won't want poor Georgia Tech this week. How's Jared doing? Um, he's okay. Uh, SEC football starts this weekend, so I think that's <laughs> carrying him through this tough time. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, but I mean Georgia Tech, man, it was a tough loss. They six turnovers. It's hard to win a yes. game when you have that many. So. Yeah. yeah, I will say this. Their um, quarterback, 
I can't remember his name. He's a freshman, though, and he looked like a freshman on Saturday. <laughs> so, you know, there's some growing years ahead of them, I think. That's um, true. But not to take away from UCF. I mean, UCF is a really good team. So I think yeah. in, in, like, contrast, their quarterback, um, Dylan Gabriel, mm-hmm. is pretty darn good. I mean, I'm not saying he's, like, Heisman, but he's really, really good. I'm very impressed with him. Yeah, he he looked he looked good against. I mean, again, and not no offense, Jared, but it was Georgia Tech. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought that UCF did look good. Megan, you're kind of wondering if maybe UCF and Cincy might be a good matchup. I'm I'm kind of curious too. I think that would be mm-hmm. the thing that I, you know, through the through my tears, of course, Jared. The thing that I noticed from the game was um, first of all that they're the punter for Georgia Tech is a big boy. And mm-hmm. I think he wears like a small jersey. But I have a very I have a very special place in my heart for him. Uh, his name is Harvin the third, but he wears number twenty seven in honor of Sam Fultz. So yeah. I I will agree. I have a I will yeah. I will root for Georgia Tech. I was watching the game when they said he wears like um Sam Fultz's number and so like I looked up because I was like if he's just a freshman this year, like he actually went to um, the kicking camps that Sam Fultz, mm-hmm. like, taught at, and he was actually at the one – he was in high school. Um, you know the one that Sam Fultz was leaving with Mike Sadler mm-hmm. and the LSU punter, and he died? He was actually mm-hmm. at that camp. And so oh, wow. when he was a senior in high school, he um, switched his number to 27 in high school, and then he requested it this year and got it again. He said that Sam was, like, his mentor and, like, a friend, and I, didn't, I just thought that was a cool story. Yeah, yeah. I, I that was neat too. I also thought something that was kind of neat that made me chuckle is that he still wears his high school pads, like his shoulder pads from high school. So maybe that's no. also contributing to like was that, that not a joke. Look. I thought that no. was a joke. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I thought you were making a joke over like how everything was like three no, sizes too small. Okay, okay. Here's the thing, though: you're a punter. You don't really need huge. Pa- you want like less restrictive stuff on, so you can move and stuff well uh let's see what else oh our our uh, heisman uh, hopefuls we'll call it um obviously justin fields probably back in now that he's getting to play hopefully he doesn't make his heisman candidacy against nebraska but right. trevor lawrence looked again pretty solid they yeah. didn't play anybody tough but he looked good and megan's favorite pick what do you think megan I, saying number uh, two well here's the deal I don't know that I would have him at number two, but he, I will take back what I said last week. He looked really good against Louisville. Here's the thing about your quarterback. What I'm looking for in a quarterback is consistency. And so, yes, he looked amazing against Louisville. D.R. King did. However, it's going to take more than one game for me to put him up on my Heisman list, you know, because he did not look good against um, who they play the first week, UAB. He did not look good against UAB. So I don't know if that's a difference between UAB and Louisville or if he just had an off night. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he definitely looked remarkable. Like, it was, yeah, night and day. So I mean, it really was night and day because he played at night this time. But, yeah, they I might. You, I told you Louisville struggles with those night games. There's something about them when they're playing, like, the high-stakes night games. Like, okay, but you also tried to cover and say that that meant they were due for a win. Right. So, <laughs> I'm trying to be optimistic for my niece's sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Well, they, they, I don't know if we're going to get another fair assumption of it because they are taking on Florida State. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, but. Well, here's what I will say about Miami and Derek King was impressive. However, any day I would take their kicker over Derek King. I mean, that kid was unbelievable. He was, he has not missed a field goal this season. And I oh, think Megan, he got one Megan, I, you know what you just did? Okay. You know what you just did you, by saying did I that? Just jinx them? Yeah, you did just jinxed them. You're just like the announcers. Good. Awesome. Say nice things about them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was going for. No, I mean, he, yeah, he, this is, this is the difference a good kicker makes, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say. I will, I mean. You should get the Heisman. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> Megan starts a campaign. <laughs> Punters and kickers for Heisman. That's right. Yeah. I will say, and I know this is NFL, but, like, Harrison Bucker hit, like, a 58-yard field goal, and it was a game winner. So, you're right. They are the difference maker. Because you always expect, like, extra points and field goals to be gimmies if they're within certain ranges. And it's just not the case anymore. So I know. It's so funny. Tonight at Tepper, Caden was talking about um, one of our kickers, and he was like, he made one from, like, 30 and from 40 yards. He's so good. And I was like... (laughs) Remember the days when, like, 30 and 40 yards were, like, you had to make these? They were, like, gimmies or you were, like, off the team. And now it's, like, you don't even know if a 30-yarder is going in. Like, right. a prick. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. <sighs> it is. And talking about uh, teams that, that struggled, kickers that struggled, past games from this week, um, the one that I picked that stuck out to me was Oklahoma State. Mostly because, again, I had a watch party, so... Um, we had two, uh, graduates at my house and I was a little worried that they were not going to pull off the win. So I was a little stressed the whole time, but they did, they did. He got a win. Oklahoma state did. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but so someone, um, I won't mention the podcast, but they put a $40,000 bet on the over of 66 points being scored. Cause again, it's a big 12 <laughs> game yeah. and like Oklahoma state always put like their, I think their, their last couple games, they had like 53 plus or some stat like that. And I was like, oh, no, like, this is not that kind of game. No. Um, obviously, the so, yeah, someone uh, sadly lost. But the big news was that their quarterback, Spencer, had to go out. And so that obviously dramatically shaped the game because he went out in the fourth quarter. And he is out of a – it's not like he was in a boot. He's out of a boot. Gundy's pretty optimistic he could be back, but they aren't sure yet. So Hopefully Oklahoma State's chances, Here's you know, for this are gone. But I wasn't that impressed with the quarterback. Like this could be like a Felipe Frank situation where if he does go out, maybe it's for the best. I don't know. I don't and think so. I mean, it was game. This is their opening game. You have to remember. I feel like I don't. Know, I I would still expect him to be the starter once he comes back. I I I tend to think that he's probably the better quarterback. But I mean, who knows? Okay, why why do all the quarterbacks from Oklahoma have to be named Spencer? That's my question. Mm. It's a club. Yeah, I know. It's, like, so confusing because I'm, like, Spencer Sanders. And then I was, like, oh, no, wait, it's Spencer Rattler. Wait, who is who? And then I'm, like, so confused. <laughs> so, anyway, I have to, like, remind myself which one is which. And These are first-world problems that we uh, do experience. I'm so, sorry. I mean, I feel like we just need to come up with, like, a nickname for for one of them. So you're, you're rat straight. Yes. <laughs> rat boy. And <laughs> that's right. That's right. I like it. Well, we'll see. Hopefully he's back. They face uh, West Virginia this week. So hopefully it goes a little bit smoother. Get an easier win. Um, 
And some other big matchups this week, I mean, probably the biggest news is that the SEC is starting. So I think the only one in our family that's super excited is Jared, but we'll try to muster up some excitement for you. Which game are you guys most looking forward to from the SEC schedule? Well, I mean, you've listed the Kentucky-Auburn game. I think that's the one that we're excited about. Um, I think Kentucky has a real shot at upsetting Auburn, so we'll okay. see. But so remind us who, because this seems pretty controversial, Megan, because you said that mm-hmm. both Rachel and um, Elizabeth are Louisville fans, mm-hmm. and there can't be crossover in basketball. So mm-hmm. who's the Kentucky fan then? Well, it would be Jared because okay. they're SEC. Okay. See, like Louisville's ACC, so – Okay. In his mind, they're, like, separate entities. It's not as much of, like, a rivalry for Jared or for me. Um, so the girls mm-hmm. won't cheer for Kentucky. But, I mean, I like Mark Stoops. I think he's doing a really good job there. Um, Kentucky's kind of like, I'm trying to think of a, they're like the wreckers of <laughs> the SEC, you know? Like, they always are the butt of the joke. And so it's kind of, like, exciting to see them pull off an upset. So I'm I'm hoping that they can do it. And I, I do think that they've really improved. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to this Tennessee-South Carolina game because I feel like both those teams are like loose cannons. Like, mm-hmm. you know when you – did you ever when you were little like blow a balloon up and then just like let it go and you just like had no idea where it was going to like fl- like fly off to? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like I feel like both of those teams are like are like that. And, um, I don't know, I just, cause like they can both either be like show up and play well, or they can just suck. And so, I don't know. Yeah. I just think the, um, the loose cannon-ish of that game. The unpredictability. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if you had to I'm, pick, who do you think you would choose to win? Like, who do you feel like would I win? I mean, probably Tennessee, but. Okay. I mean, they are ranked, so. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I might actually pick South Carolina on that game, but I don't know. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt tells a real good story and gives you some real good hype stuff. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can't, you can't ever count that out. Uh, I'll be honest. I, yeah, I don't, I don't care too much about the SEC. So neither of these games excites me too much. I'm, I'm more looking forward to watching Louisville play again against Pitt. Cause Pitt looked like they struggled a lot this week. They still ended up winning, but I think this is a game that maybe Louisville could kind of get back into the discussion on if they can win. So, Okay. I think Pitt is actually a really good team. So I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, obviously, it's like number 24 and number 21. Um, so I think they're in the same tier as far as the ACC is concerned. So I think it'll be a really good game. Yeah. And then obviously, we talked about two already, Army versus Cincinnati and you know, unfortunately, poor Luke Fickle, because Desmond Howard's picked you, we are we are rooting against you this year, so <laughs> I think we're all going to say go Army on that one. Yes. Um, the last game, which, this blows my mind that this is game day. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? Because Florida the media Miami. is obsessed with Miami. They're, like, having this love affair with them right now because they're actually becoming relevant again, and it's like they just can't stop. Like, they're just fawning all over themselves. It's disgusting. But why are they relevant? Is it because because they've won two games? But yeah, but I'm saying they're in the ACC, and so that's why like that's why they're relevant because they are only in previous years. Like at this point in the season, they were zero and two. So it's like you know they have this flashy new quarterback, and suddenly yeah, they've won two games, and it's like oh they're back. This is going to be one where I hope the dumpster fire of Florida State 
just pulls something out of absolutely nowhere and they like they shock the nation i would just love to see that because overall i want the entire state of florida to be a dumpster fire so i think just a little bit of a shake up there would be hilarious the part florida state they have not gotten a break <laughs> so yeah things are not uh, looking good for them Alrighty, well we're excited for another week of football um we'll be cheering on our our non-power five teams and our selections for this week and we'll talk to you guys next week bye Thanks for listening to College Dame Day. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, hit us up. We are at College Dame Day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us again next week for more college football content.